we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode six of the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast brought to you by Columbus Bicycles, enjoyed by Higuain and other Columbus players everywhere. No, uh, actually, it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the great Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. Today, we're going to be talking about our round one review and our round two preview. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I'm joined by a skeleton crew lineup tonight of co-hosts. Tonight, we have Simon and Guy with us. What up? What's up? Uh, Unfortunately, Jay and Travis could not be with us tonight uh, because they had some stuff come up. So just to make sure you guys get their fill, your fill, you're, you're, you're a burrito, 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 Javi Mo. <laughs> we got that covered. All right. Um, uh, so we wish them well, but to help fill their place, we have a very special guest with us, a longtime listener and new fantasy tip author, Mike Dat Tiger. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How are you all? Good, man. Good to see you. All right. Well, let's gonna do a quick review. How did your teams do this week, guys? We haven't gotten to talk about this since the season hadn't started. Uh, let's see. I got 82 points, which is not great, but it's at least not really like that garbagey uh, Captain Giovinco, which seemed to be good. So I'm not that upset. I feel like at the beginning of the year, you just want to like not have a total garbage team and not put yourself too far behind. Um, keep yourself with the pack and you'll be all good. So 82 points was fine. Not great, but fine. No, I got uh, 79 points. And that's uh, I'm not nearly as optimistic about my team as Simon is. So I think it's a hot dumpster fire, and I'm ready to blow it up. <laughs> well, I should make you feel better. I got 64. All my players started. Um, that was about as good as it got. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than some people could say. Uh, I had a pretty good opening round myself. Um, I got 97 points, and I had a couple of goose eggs on my team. Uh Big props to the community at Reddit who gave us notification about the Zimmerman potential switch of Lloyd not starting. So that's I was able to bring him in to help out with that. Um, but I mean, these aren't these weren't awful awful scores. The average points for round one was sixty one. So I'm I'm assuming we don't have too many inactives right now. So yeah, yeah people, it's okay. There's still plenty of season left if, if anybody listening right now is in a similar situation as uh, some of the guys on the show tonight. Uh, so let's do a quick bit of housekeeping before we move on to our discussion and our questions. Uh, check the injury report and the suspensions. We've already had a red card uh, since in the season, so that's, that's pretty wild. A few yellow cards have been thrown out. Nothing too important there. Uh, but as we mentioned, I guess as I alluded to, some big players weren't available. Um, we had Kaka that was out. We had a Com that was in, so that was was not expected. Lloyd didn't play, and there were a few other guys that we might have expected to see. I know uh, um, Van Dam over there at LA didn't play. I guess much to Jason's sadness. So check out the injury report and uh, suspensions while you're there, because just do it because MLS and uh, keep in touch for this week moving forward. Anything uh, big you guys want to add to that? Shout out to my boy O'Neal Fisher for the first red card of the season. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I guess I should also say uh, Castillo was the one that went off with a pretty nasty groin injury, so you may want to keep an eye on him if he was on your team, uh, as well as I think Francis had a muscle injury in the San Jose game. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how serious that one is, though. And Gilberto for Chicago went off at halftime. Then uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, no one knows what where he went off. That's right. He only played a very little bit of time, yeah. So some big names you might want to keep an eye on. So let's move right into our discussion, guys. So uh, this first 
question comes from Rormus from the Reddit community. And I think it's a good one to open up with. He specifically wants to know, uh, did any performance in week one drastically change our opinion of any of the players? Um, and I'm going to open this up to just any player or any team. What what did uh, this performance from the week one do to change any preconceptions you had gone into with? Specifically, he wants to know about like plot to good, via bad. What do we think? We can get into some of that with our picks later on, but just what, what changed in your mind? Um, I mean, I watched a uh, Geez, I watched a lot of a lot of games yesterday. Uh, I, I was really, I mean, you, you got to give the Toronto defense quite a bit of credit. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I begrudgingly have to tip the hat to them, but when you look at eight more road fixtures, I don't know if the the ability is going to out outmatch the you know the fixtures, so to speak. I mean, Plata was good, but I, I don't. I think that's just a blip on the radar. And I don't know what to make about Via because, I mean, eventually he's going to have to start taking the shots himself, right? He's he's the man over there. So it was a really interesting week. But I think the, the biggest takeaway for me was uh, Toronto defense might make them a formidable opponent here in the early in the year. I think for me, we mentioned um, Lloyd not starting. I was looking at him as a prime starter. And for him to not be a starter at all um, really changed my opinion of him. As far as for teams, uh, I think on the other side of the Toronto Red Bulls are the Red Bulls. They, they didn't generate hardly any chances at all. Um, and that's a brand-new Toronto defense with um, Moore and Irwin um, just coming into the team. So I was really surprised that they didn't do more than that. So that's, I kind of have some reservations about Red Bulls going forward. But that's really only drastic changes that I had. Yeah, that's a good point because when I saw that Kaka was out, I put in Kleshtian and BWP, and okay. I captain Kleshtian, and that just railroaded my chances of having a good score yesterday. So I may rage sell those two until they can <laughs> behave. Yeah, I think these two guys covered it pretty well. Not too much for me in round one, drastically changing opinions just because it's a small sample size. So unless it's like a guy who didn't start, specifically Lloyd, like Mike said, um, like obviously his stock is way down just because he's not a starter. Other than that, I really think it's super dangerous to make a bunch of assumptions after week one. It's one round of games. Don't worry too much. Keep it chill. Yeah, I think you guys have hit some of the big ones. I was definitely very pleased to see Toronto do well. I did not have enough faith to bring a player in, even though I, I was kind of high on them in the preseason. But I got to give it to Chicago. I mean, they may have lost, but uh, they put up three goals against that New York City defense, which I guess none of us are really surprised about either. But but that's that's a great accomplishment for Chicago. I think it is showing some of the potency that their attack may have going into more games. And so I'm excited to see how that pans out. Otherwise, it did turn out a lot like I had expected or hoped. Um, some craziness in that Timbers-Columbus game. I was, I, I think I was more happy watching that game than I was watching the championship game last year. So that that felt like a nice uh, just sort of wrap-up for me for, for 2015. Um, and, I, and it ended with the Portland Timbers winning anyway, so that's good. I was really disappointed in Vancouver, though. I had, I had hoped that their defense could have held up much better to a Drogba-less Montreal. I don't know. I mean, to be fair to them, though, uh, I don't know how many teams in the MLS could have stopped Piotti on the day he was having. I mean, sometimes it's just that's, it's that's just true. a dude's day, and yeah. if you you got to figure, you know, if if Piotti's looking at it the same way we're looking at it, and he's like, "Oh, great, so Drogba's just not going to play for the next five games." It's almost like a statement to the club, in my opinion. He's like, "Well, screw him, then." It's like. He's supposed to be the man, but he's just going to leave us hanging like that. I'll just take this over myself. And he really did. Yeah. And we'll touch on that a little bit later when we get to the midfielder section. But so, yeah. Um, two more questions. What was your biggest letdown, guys, from this opening round? I feel like I already covered it, but Zach Lloyd not playing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he was going to be a defender that doesn't have national team duty or anything like that, which you can't really say for the other uh, Dallas defenders who's like at a pretty good price. And so I was like, ah, Lloyd's going to be my Dallas defender who's just, you know, week in, week out reliable. And it doesn't really look like that's an option anymore. So that's pretty frustrating. 
Yeah, I think my biggest letdown um, was probably L.A. I mean, yeah, they, they got the goals late. I mean, there was a penalty, and uh, McGee had some good run of play. But, boy, anybody that would have had a stout defense, that team looks so disjointed in stretches where I, I think I mentioned it before, that they just don't know who the alpha dog is supposed to be on that team anymore. you got so many type A personalities who have reached the highest highs in their careers before that now you bring them all together and it's going to be an interesting experiment to get all those guys to play nice for an extended period of time. I mean, I'm in a letdown in the sense that I was hoping that one guy would stand out and be like, no, 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 it's still my team. You guys can just follow me. Um, So I didn't take anything away from that as being, oh, I'm going to invest in this specific LA player because I looked at that and I look at four goals and I still don't know, who do you pick up on a night on a nightly basis? It's still murky. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I had um, Villa and Gil- Gilberto on my team, and for the fact that they had seven goals in that game and they managed to contribute to none of them, <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest letdown. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Villa. Right there, there's so many names with goals and assists, and I'm like, but uh, but Villa can't be one of them. Okay, okay. <laughs> and and so the biggest nice surprise. Last question. Well, I think we, we covered it a little bit already, but I think it's Piotti. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to struggle without Drogba or at least see some kind of reduction, Not certainly not a 20-point game against Vancouver in Vancouver. Um, I think also Matt Beasler kind of surprised me. Um, putting up 10 points without a goal um, is pretty impressive. Um, Jao Plata getting uh, two goals. And taking a penalty kick too, which was interesting. So those are the guys that surprised me. I don't have any pleasant surprises. It all sucked. <laughs> None of those surprises were on my team, so they all kind of sucked for me. <laughs> yeah, from a Seattle perspective, that must have been a real bummer of a day. So if we're not talking about Seattle, we can talk about <laughs> Portland. Um, I think the biggest nice surprise was Portland has a counterattack, y'all. Uh they looked really good. I mean, losing Via Fania, uh, yeah, Via Fania and uh, Rodney Wallace this year, boy, I tell you what, Espria and Milano stepped up, and they weren't really the goal threats, but they kept pace. They kept you know good service in the box, and I I couldn't have been more impressed with just how well put together the team still looked. Losing a couple of key players like that. So I've had two. I have two that I'll add to that list. The first one is that free kick from Valeri. Oh my gosh. I Boom. I was literally sitting in my recliner when that happened and I just started applauding. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh that's that's the first one and uh the second one's Will Bruin. I was really pleasantly surprised to see him put up some some really nice points mostly because it helped me win my draft league game uh 100% right there. So, but uh you know, I, I kind of like Will Bruin, and I like it when he does well because I feel like people give him a lot of crap, and, and he's really not that bad. The dancing bear. The dancing bear. I don't know. I just <clears> – <throat> my problem with Will Bruin, I guess, is the fact that he's so inconsistent for long stretches. And you got Kubo Torres. I, I don't know any version of this reality where Will Bruin is is the better choice than Kubo Torres. I I don't get it, man. It's uh, something's not computing. And I, I, I like to root for a team like Houston. They, they don't seem like they're a perennial threat to win it all, but they put together good pieces. My Donna looked excellent. And I just, yeah. you know, really, it's like they have some pieces there that they could really contend for some serious points this year. And I just don't know if Will Bruins the guy to lead you to that next that next level. Very fair point. Um, Before we move on to our player picks, I guess I will mention one thing I probably should have said earlier. Um, I don't know who has Sirius XM Radio or who may be joining us now who has Sirius XM Radio, but last week I was was on WTF with Eric Winalda, Winalda Talks Football, and got to plug the show a little bit. So if you are tuning in after hearing us on Sirius, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you find the picks helpful, and I hope that you're uh, doing well so far with your fantasy. So that being said, let's move right into keepers. I think this one will be pretty quick. What do you got, Simon? Shuttleworth. Uh, like his matchup against D.C. D.C.'s offense is not that great. I think New England rebounds. 
also he's my keeper already, so I'm not changing that out. So it's easy. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to go with um, Gonzalez until they have a bye week. <laughs> so <laughs> Gonzalez from here on out. Well, I went with the Vancouver defense. I probably won't change it, but if I could, I might pick up Rowe from Los Angeles because um, Kennedy got injured and he's only 4.6. Got a clean sheet after um, Kennedy got out. Wish I could waste transfer on him. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm with Guy. I'm sticking with Gonzalez this week. Uh, it's just they look pretty good. So yeah, quick no questions. No one, no one really cares about keepers, so we're just gonna get to go right to defenders now. Uh, this question comes from Sten's Master Forty Two, and he says, "What's up with the Dallas backline?" I would say good things are up with the Dallas backline. I mean, I wasn't married to Lloyd, so when I saw that Lloyd wasn't gonna be starting, I picked up Figueroa, and I mean. A defending bonus, a clean sheet, you know, seven points. Whatever whatever Dallas is going to decide to do is going to be fine because, I mean, yeah, they lost Castillo, but they looked so dangerous yesterday. Diaz. That, yeah, I mean, Diaz to, to Rudy to, you know, Bar- it's just so much good things going on in Dallas. So I think the guys that played yesterday, I man, there was – I didn't see any challenge really – to their to their defense so there's no reason for me to think they're going to shuffle it up next week just because they just clean sheeted an opponent i think whatever you saw last week is going to be safe to go with going forward here guy said it yeah i mean as long as they're rotating and as long as they're winning you don't have a whole lot of great fantasy options that you can depend on to start but you know you still have hedges (laughs) he's a consistent starter other than that all hands on deck I mean, I do think Zimmerman has won that other starting center back job, though, just to be clear. I mean, he'll have U.S. duty for the U23 team, I think. So, yeah, for the Olympic qualifiers. But it seems pretty clear, like, that Zimmerman has actually won the job at this point. So just for what that's worth. Yeah, that's that's a good point for the potential U.S. call up for hedges and and a potential call up for. For Zimmerman, just have to keep an eye out on the dates. I don't really follow the Olympics. Unfortunately, I did not prep for that. So I don't know what those dates are. Uh, but keep an eye on that. I'll have a link in the post about the podcast to help you with those. But uh, he may be able to stick around if, if it works out. But those are two guys who could be called up. And I'll just go ahead and add that a lot of us heard about this on on Reddit. And the basic reason of why Zimmerman was in there, nothing against Lloyd, to be sure. But... Uh, Oscar Perea just said that he looks hungry and really motivated. And so he's just really liked what he's seen out of him and he's rewarded him for doing that. And so, I mean, that's, that's nice for us with fantasy because he's a better value than even Lloyd. And if he pay, pays out, then that's going to be great. And how awesome did he look with that cut under his eye when he got smashed in the face? That's, that's a manly battle scar right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes him look vicious going forward. Uh, so who are you guys going to pick for your defense coming up? I know there were a couple of potential options now with some of these injuries. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I mean, my only concern right now is I have to get Francis off. So I'm, I'm going with uh, Kamar Lawrence for the Red Bulls. I'm going to stick with him because now I'm shouldered with a Red Bull. So I'm not going to waste a move on a guy that's healthy. So I'm going Lawrence, Figueroa, um, I'll keep Redding in because Redding from Orlando was still a pretty good value pick. And I'll swap Francis out with either another San Jose defender or I might go with that same game and get a Timbers defender. Yeah, for me, I'll go with Goodson. Uh, My other pick is Coelho, who, of course, scored the goal and had the 16-point performance. I know it's easy to pick the guy um, because of that 16-point performance when a goal isn't necessarily consistent. But he also passed the ball really smoothly and did get up pretty well on set pieces. So I feel like he is the Kansas City defender solution. Um, Beasler, of course, also rose in price and did very well. But it looks like out of the Kansas City back line, which has been a pretty solid place for defenders in the past, Coelho is going to be the pick, at least for now. So I'll go with him. And then another random pick, uh, Goncalves. 
I say random because that one, he's not actually on my team, but I think he's a great defender. I still am up on the New England back line, especially with their matchup this week. So if you had to pick up a higher-priced defender, maybe Goncalves is a good one, even though he's not actually on my team and I have Parker. So there you go. Well, I, I agree with the Beasler pick um, when he put up 10 points. Um, if you were looking for kind of a differential pick, since Jason isn't here and someone needs to say differential, <laughs> just to say the word <laughs> differential, um, how about Ba from uh, Red Bull? 8.0, he got two bonus points, um, was getting a lot of praise for the way he handled Giovinco for most of the game, and he won't be playing Giovinco every week. Um, I don't know if I'd use a transfer on him right now, but I'm going to put him on my watch list, kind of pay attention, see how he goes from here. Um, also, we haven't talked about Steres from, uh, I guess that's how you say it, from uh, Los Angeles, who came in um, for Van Damme. Um, he's only priced 5.2, scored a goals, um, not, was it 19 points, 10 points? But he, he put up a, a number of bonus points too. And so if Van Dam is hurting out for a while, I think he, he could be a good value pick since the defenders are so highly priced this year. Um, 5.2 is a pretty good bargain. It was a great ball. was a guy that I was impressed with for the majority of that New York game. I, I liked what I had heard about him going into the season, but uh, at well, I think he's still 8.0, or at the beginning of the season he was at least 8.0. I really wanted to see more before attempting to go after him, and he had some big plays, was was really involved in that, and so he, can, he could be a guy worth uh, dropping some money on if you want to go that expensive on your defense. If you're looking at San Jose, um, when Francis was subbed off, Colby came in, and he's a 4.5 defender, so if you need to go budget, that could be an option, but I don't know what they're going to go with going forward. Um, one guy, of course, Zimmerman we mentioned, but one guy I'm going to say that we didn't talk about is uh, Awful over there at Columbus. Um, and he didn't get many points. He only came away with three points, but his name was said all the time, I felt like, by the announcers. So he was pretty up there involved in sending in play. So he's 7.0. I'm going to say that's a bit too rich for my blood, but maybe a guy to keep an eye on if he really starts to get some of those points. And I'm so glad that you tackled saying that name, Simon, because I know I would have butchered it. Coelho. God, I hope I said it right. <laughs> you sound like one of those little, little uh, pull the arm. The cow says Coelho. Man, when you teach kids how to talk in radio all day, you develop that. <laughs> it happens. So let's move on to midfielders. This is uh, just uh, a great for this year. And the first uh, question that we have comes from Telpulation. Yeah, I'm sure I butchered that. And uh, he says, the first round seems to have favored a 3-5-2. Uh, he personally is still holding on to a 3-4-3 for at least one more round but he wants to know if we think that a 3-5-2 is the best option going forward. So definitely please answer a question about formations, guys, but just in general, what do you think about um, the midfielders as a point-generating position versus well, he, forwards? He's, he says the first round seemed to favor the 3-5-2. I'm not sure that's actually true. I mean, I know the Dream Team was a 3-5-2, but um, – the average points for forwards was higher. I mean, you needed nine points to go up 0.1 for the forward. Um, you only needed eight points uh, to go up 0.1 for a midfielder. So, I mean, the forwards on average did better than the, um, than the midfielders. I think there's some value in midfield. I don't think you'd be wrong going to the 3-5-2. Um, it just kind of depends on what your team needs are and where your transfers are. I'm thinking about switching from the 3-4-3 to the 3-5-2 just to kind of take advantage of some of the midfielders that I overlooked in the week one. Um, but I, I think 3-4-3 three, three, just in general is still better. I mean, think how many forwards we had putting up big numbers this week. So it depends on your team, but I, I don't think you have to go to a 3-5-2 based on this week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think I, I always play a 3-4-3 three, three because the closer you are to the goal – the more you should get goals. So I, I think the, I don't know, the, the midfield this year, 
I don't, it's just the prices have still got me so far out of whack from the defense to the midfield going forward that I don't know where the real value per point is going to be yet. So I'm going to stick with a 3-4-3 just because I know what goals get me as far as points go, and I'm going to stick with a very simplistic approach in that in that respect. Yeah, to me, it's like as long as you have three defenders, that's probably the best option. Um, I'm still on the 3-5-2. Mike said it really well in terms of maybe the average score was a bit higher for forwards. I don't think it's really that different, though, overall, especially if you look at last year, like midfielders were super successful. And so I think as long as you just have eight attacking players in some capacity, you're totally, or sorry, seven attacking players in some capacity, you're totally fine. There's not that much of a difference there. And, and last year, part of the reason midfielders were so successful was because there were so many budget um, midfielders. I mean, you think about the prices of Felhaber and Giovinco, um, and now Giovinco is a forward and Felhaber is yeah. priced at 11.5. You know, there aren't that much many budget options in the midfield yet to really justify the same way we had last year, so many successful midfielders. So now when that starts taking out and you start identifying um, budget midfielders, that may change. But right now, it's the prices are all kind of equal across the um, positions. What stands out to me most, Mike, when you mentioned that it was only eight for a midfielder to rise and nine for the forward to, to rise uh, that makes me think that if you're trying to build your budget right now to be able to afford some of those bigger players, that the three-five-two is the way to go to try to take advantage of the slightly easier chance of, of gaining point one or point two points on your midfield. So that maybe a third of the way through the season, you could switch to a three-four-three and really have some monster guys up front. So that might be. Um, the answer to the question is is three five two right now to build some value, but then go the way of Guy and Mike to to get those big guys up front who are going to be looking to score the goals. It's too bad we don't have Simon here to crunch some numbers for us. What? Or not Simon? Travis. Too bad we don't have Travis. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say no one wants me on numbers. Yeah, That's crunch the numbers. What do you what do you have? I'm not a uh, math teacher. Uh, three five three repeating, of course. Um, I need some chicken. So let's go ahead and go on to our picks for midfield. Okay, we've already talked about Piotti. I mean, 20 points, kind of an obvious pick, but, I mean, did really well. His schedule's not that great going forward. Uh, we also mentioned Boleri. I mean, his when, he, when he's on, he's just so gorgeous to watch. And I, I want him on my team just because I like rooting for him. He's just so much fun to watch. Um, and uh, Jason's on here, so I'm going to be a homer. And um, <laughs> Mix Discrude got 12 points. Um, he's only 8.2, so along, among the midfielders, he's a budget. He's done really well um, with the new formation. New York's going to a 4-3-3. And he seems to be a lot more active, get a lot more involved, which is a lot more opportunity for points. So if you're looking for a midfielder to kind of round out, um, especially if you're going trying to do a 3-5-2, Mix Discrude's an option for you. Now, that's an interesting one. I had heard some people talking about him needing to become more comfortable and just more competent because he really kind of lost himself last season, and that was hurting his national team performance. Um, do you guys see that this is the way to help just reinvigorate that as well? Yeah, I think he's playing a little bit more central. Um, when he was on in crisis system, he was kind of out on the wing and Sometimes he was in the role of attacking. Sometimes he was defensive, and he didn't seem to really know what he was supposed to do. I don't know if that's on Christ or on Mix or whatever, but he seems to know what he's supposed to do this year at least. And so he's been able to kind of get in more involved. And, I mean, he had a number of gorgeous assists um, and, or link-up play yesterday. And so if that, if that continues, you know, at 8.2, um, he, he can really be a, a good value. No, I agree with all that. I think um, as far as the picks for myself, I'm going to stick with Valerian Diaz until their wheels fall off. So that's that goes without saying. Um, <clears throat> I did pick up that uh, Subasa Endo from Toronto, and he ended up with six points. So for a 5.5 midfielder to just kind of stash, um, that's not a bad idea if you're looking for some value to free up some funds elsewhere. Um, I'm not real – I mean – even shits, he was pretty active, 
I mean, I guess once you go down to 10 men, that, that game just gets thrown out the window. So I wasn't really impressed with Kleshton and, and BWP. So if I have to drop Kleshton this week since he's on the road, I guess I, I just ride the trend and I either go with um, Piatti or Maidana. Part of me wants to say Fagundes, but it seems like every time Fagundes gets going, they just put him on the bench again. I don't know. I don't know how much they need. I, I mean, every year it happens. He goes off, and then they're like, "All right, kids, sit down." And <laughs> so I, I think Maidana and Piotti are probably the safer bets. But yeah, I think I'm dumping Question this week until I see something better out of uh, New York as a whole. Yeah, I have questions still, but if I'm to give you three picks, it's. The same Diaz and Valeri and Akam. Um, I think Piotti is solid, but I forget if it was it was Mike, I think, who touched on the fact that he's got kind of a tough schedule coming up. I don't think every week can quite be like that. 20-point week. Yeah, I think that Akam, like, as much as I think Chicago's kind of inconsistent, like, Akam is probably the better option if I'm picking between the two. Um, they've got a little bit easier of a schedule coming up, too. So I still think Akam is a really good pickup at 9.2, fairly affordable. Uh, so that's that's my picks, yeah. Akam, Valerian, Diaz. And he got that point too because he did get a goal and an assist yeah. with, uh, this week. And Chicago's schedule is a lot easier. They have Orlando, Columbus, Philadelphia, and NYC again, whereas um, Montreal has Red Bulls, Dallas, Seattle, and Columbus. So... The, the schedule at least favors Chicago a, a lot. Yeah, they have three home games over the next five game streak, so that's pretty nice. And I just one more thing about Acom. I, I know there was some information thrown around at the beginning of the season. I can't remember <coughs> from, but they were saying that of all of Chicago's goals last year, that Acom was involved in either scoring the goal or getting an assist on half of them. So if points are going to come from Chicago, there's a really good chance that it's going to be a calm. And that does make that 9.2 a pretty good value when you look at it that way. Uh, and I have to applaud you, Guy, for getting Endo because when he trotted out there starting in that game, I thought, huh, well, I did not expect that. Nice little cheap option there, especially if he keeps it up. Though maybe he's just there while your boy uh, Josie is out. I don't know. I, I, I liked the way he played, so... I think at, at at the least he's he's earned himself a chance to at least lose the job. So yeah, I mean I <clears throat> you can't put any stock in my pick. I, I saw him and I, I had Polster on the bench and he had the he was like read it out. So I was like, well, I'll put Endo in and Polster ended up playing <laughs> anyway. But I'm I'm glad I got Endo. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to also say Sam because while New York may have not really been able to get much going. Sam was shooting the ball all the time, and that's going to be pretty good point return later on if he can keep that up. But uh, he's one to keep an eye on. He he did well last year. I think he had some um, just fitness issues near the end of the season, if I recall right. But I, I was impressed with what I saw of Sam, at least for that game. And moving on to our forwards with a couple of questions. So I say a couple of questions, but a lot of people – we're asking us what we thought of the big names. So I just thought I'd get it all out of our system right now. Um, if you guys want to touch on all of these or more than just these or whatever you want to, but uh, Keen, Gilberto, Laren, uh, I'm just calling it, uh, and uh, Rudy via those players, just a lot of big guys produced, didn't produce some guys that were value produced. What do you, what do you think about some of these players? Well, I'll start because a lot of people were asking about Villa, um, and I'm the New York City guy because I make bad decisions in life. Um, <laughs> Chicago double-teamed Villa a lot uh, in that game. And so he didn't get a lot of chances. He got, I think, about two really solid chances. But, I mean, they were good chances. And the best thing is that even though Chicago double-teamed him, they paid for it. You know, giving up four goals is not a strategy that's going to make teams – there's not a result that's going to make teams going down the line want to duplicate that strategy. So I think David V is fine. I know a lot of people are concerned about him only getting three points, but, you know, uh, Giovinco only got one assist uh, in this game in his week one last year. So you don't have to panic too much uh, about David V. And, and with the schedule that he has coming up, um, he's got – 
five home games in a row, then a trip to Philly, and then a double game week, both games at, at home. So I wouldn't panic on David Villa if you have him yet. Um, Gilberto, kind of the same thing, although I'm worried about his injury, whether or not he's going to come back. They said he went off with a half uh, a calf strain, but he got a, a number of chances. Um, so I think he's fine. I mean, with a lot of these forwards, I, I think the main question that you have to ask when you're looking at your team and your forward didn't do what you wanted to is, did they get chances? If they didn't get chances, then it's time to panic. But if they got chances, then you can just kind of brush it off and say, well, it was just a bad week. The luck just didn't go my way. And they'll get them again next week. Um, so with V and Gilberto, they both got chances and um, they just didn't put it in this week. Uh, you mentioned Rudy. Uh, I don't know how long Castilla's out. They said today, maybe about a month, but I would think he's a pretty good option going forward without Castillo taking away time because I know that was a lot of people's concern going into the season picking up a Rudy was how Castillo and Rudy would um, take points from each other. Um, well, with Castilla out for a month, which I think would take him through the double game week um, in week four, um, Rudy looks like a pretty good option. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. I I, I had a Rudy from the outset so i got a lot of flack for having a rudy on the team at certain points but i just think that dallas is so strong that with if diaz stays healthy and he can pull the strings in the midfield anybody's going to benefit from being up top and rudy had so much pace yesterday it was good to see him play a full game because he never got that chance in portland early to play a full game so i'm a fan of the kid i i couldn't have been happier with his result and then laren you know just to touch on that name real fast yeah, it's you felt bad for him because Kaká's out, so it's you know nobody's expecting anything from him at this point with not no, no Kaká in there. But really, to go down two two nil and then to kind of lead that comeback um, for a young player like that, that was really cool to see that he's he's not afraid to to take the big shots and he kept his head in the game and they ended up with a just an amazing draw. So I think Laren and Arudi have a ton of upside and. They're both valid, valid options going forward. I think One thing I'll add up to Rudy real quick, Simon, sorry, is the announcers, I watched the Dallas game, and the announcers made a point multiple times to mention how much off-the-field connection Diaz and Rudy have, how they're always hanging out and doing things together. So I think that was shown, especially with that second goal in the game, and that could only benefit people going forward. Yeah, I was just going to say that I thought they did a really good job answering that question. I love Laren. He scored 17 goals last year. I think people like kind of forget that sometimes because Gio was yeah. incredible. Like 17 goals. Laren is legit. He is a real I'm option. Worried about the sophomore slump. Fair enough. No sophomore slump for Laren. I'm calling it. He that week one proves it. Hopefully. <laughs> and I'm so glad you mentioned that about via Mike because that was something I wanted to point out. Got a lot of home games coming up. I'm at least willing to stick with him for one or two more games before giving him the boot. Look at you being the Via champion now. Wow. It's all about schedule, man. It's all about that schedule. I like schedule. that. It's all about that schedule. So our next question comes from Ramblin' Ann, who wants to know, do we expect forwards to need more points on average to avoid a value loss? Uh, I think you touched on this some already, Mike. Uh, and she went at that, uh, such as with Via, he went down with um, – he went down 0.1 when he only had three points, where last year that was not the case. They did not go down usually with that score. Yeah, I mean, Mike pretty much talked about it earlier in that he said the average needed for a price rise this time was nine points for a forward, and it was only eight for a midfielder, and so that translates into point loss too. At the same time, it's only one week. I think it's really, like, if you're going to make statistical predictions, don't do it off of one week's performances, please. That's not good stats. I think Mike is probably on to something, though, in that this year, you know, forwards seem like they're going to score a lot. A lot of the forwards that are in the game are really good, and some of the forwards that were mids, like Giovinco, who are always going to perform well, got moved to forward. So maybe that raises the average score for forwards a little bit. But how much is it? different compared to last year we're gonna have to wait and see because you can't tell anything just from one week one week does not a pattern make or whatever the phrase is 
I think that works. You can you can coin a new one. Yeah. And we just had a lot of really high forward scores this week. A number of people getting goals and assists this week that I don't think you're going to see week in and week out. Um, I mean, just a lot of people had one goal and assist. So, I mean, I'm sure Travis will be running the numbers and seeing if that's repeatable or not. But it's not because of the bonus points. I don't think the price rise. And that, that would be something to worry about if the bonus points raise the entire average of the forwards up such that three points isn't going to be good enough. But I don't think that's the case. I just think you had a lot of really high outlier performances. So I wouldn't expect that to continue, but I could be wrong. No, you're right. I'm looking through the scores right now, and a few players have some some shot points uh, or some attacking bonus points, but most of it, yeah, is is from goals and some assists. As yeah, we- no, I don't have any... I don't have anything to add to that. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. So, yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring it up again was was just to mention and that Simon hit that point home. This this is just one week. So while that may hold true this times, maybe now you have a hypothesis to test. Um, <laughs> let's let's not just condemn them to three points being up. Oh, it's done. I'm going to lose points this time and, and get all mad with that. And, and it's worth noting this week we had 36 goals the entire week last um, year week one we only had 16 so you can't judge it just by one week I mean this year we had a whole lot of goals because I guess the defenses were struggling last year was the opposite Um, so things tend to sort themselves out after a few weeks so we've talked about it a lot so who are your picks for round two so my picks are Giovinco and Villa because I still think that they're the two best forwards um in the game even though via didn't score i think we've talked about it a lot i'd stick with them to me they seem like clearly the best forwards with maybe like laren a close third yeah i mean i think giovinko's number one on the list um i'm also considering Kyrie shelton had a goal and an assist seems to have the starting position at um NYC, and if they're going to keep double-teaming David Villa, which you would think that they're going to do, that's going to leave him open for pace on the outside, and he's only 6.2 right now. Um, and so he could be a really good uh, switcheroo option if you want that. Uh, I'm also interested in um, Jao Plata. If he's taken over PK duties for RSL uh, at 9.2, that's a pretty good bargain. And if Gilberto is hurt, then I, he might be my replacement for Gilberto. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Javinko, Arudi, and uh, Villa as my top three. Short and sweet. Very nice. Very nice. I, I can't disagree with any of those picks right there. I'm still only running two myself, and I don't plan on changing away from Gio or Villa. So before we get into uh last few questions in the miscellaneous category, let's do our captain picks real quick. I know that as a group last week, guys, you all jumped on the Kaka train and he ended up getting a, an injury. So who are you going to hurt this week? <laughs> well, I'm going to, God, that's, I, I don't like it that you framed it that way. Cause I'm just crazy <laughs> enough to believe something like that could happen. <laughs> hey, well, last week Mike had Via and it didn't work. So you can all go hashtag thank Mike for that one. Yeah, I, whew. you know, I really want to say Giovinco, but the Houston defense was pretty underwhelming, and I think that could be a shootout. So I'm going to go with either Diaz or Arudia, but I'll probably I'll probably shift over to Diaz. And I'm going Giovinco because he is the best player in MLS, and you captain the best player in MLS. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going Giovinco because I watch New York City's defense and I might captain every player who plays against New York City's defense from here on out. <laughs> so Giovinco for me. Ouch, ouch. I'm going to say duty again because I think that's fun. Uh, so, <laughs> so our last few questions that we have. Uh, no, uh, seriously, for myself, I'm going to reserve that judgment for a little bit later. Be sure to check back on uh, to fantasy the r slash fantasy MLS Reddit to uh, get the captain's poll later on this week. So that's where a lot of my decisions come from after seeing what the peanut gallery thinks. So the f- last few miscellaneous questions I, I want to cover is uh, just something I think will wrap it up. Well, this one comes from Periwinkle. 
And that question is, how do you handle when you pick the correct team, but not the right player? And I'm talking about you, New York City right now. Uh, so what do you got? How do you bounce back from something like that? Well, I'm just noticing that's that's not Periwinkle, but I don't know. <laughs> now, well, I, was, I, I changed that because we're trying to keep it not, not safe for work. No, he but Perry dust. Yeah. It's now. Mr. Periwinkle, that's an awesome name. So, <laughs> um, I wish I thought of that. Um, I I don't know. This this never happens to me. I don't I don't pick the wrong players on the huh. right team. So what, you, uh, what was your score? <laughs> yeah, so I picked the wrong players on the wrong team. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't. I mean, if it's if it was a one nil game and you weren't getting any piece of that, then. That's not good. But if you pick some NYC players or, you know, even some Chicago players and, and you're seeing points all around you, hey, it'll probably happen. You know, if you didn't get the Dallas guys that scored, Dallas looked dangerous all game. They were so relentless that it was – I'd never seen more inevitable goals scored. It's just – just stick with it. I mean, unless it's a very clear, you know, this guy's not going to be getting forward, hey, you just, just pick yourself up and move on. Exactly. You just got to ride out the variance, surf the variance wave. You all scientific. Hey. And it's MLS. If you pick the correct team, you're doing pretty well because that's half. That's more than half the battle most of the time. <laughs> and I still don't think V is the, the incorrect player. For round one, he definitely was, but I think in the long run, some of that stuff's going to pay off. Uh, but you really have to just just see what you think is going to happen in the future. Look at that schedule, and it, maybe the guy has a one game that's not going to work out, but you still see how involved he is. I mean, watch the games. That's that's one important. If you have MLS Live, you can get the sort of condensed version, but is the guy getting involved in the play? Does he have chance scores? He's just out there in nowhere. I mean, someone like uh, Simon and I were talking before the show that Seattle went down to 10 players, but... Um, Ivan Schitz was involved with, with lots of his movement and he just didn't have the chances because of being a player down. So that's where you might be like, well, he came up with three or four points. I'll, I'll still write him out and see with something more normal. How will that happen? But if you totally pick the wrong player, then you've got two trades and you can just use it right there. So our next one comes from Diaz Donuts. And the question is, which week one standouts are worth point chasing and which are just fool's gold? I really like that question. <laughs> we talked about um, Akam and Plata and Piotti, you know, the, those who had the big weeks. You know, I, I think they'll be able to, to replicate it and still be good going forward. But um, as far as Sterez, the guy, you know, comes in off the bench um, when Van Dam can't play last minute or at least last minute to, to us and then has a great game. But I, I don't know if that's can, that can be replicated across even into next week. Yeah, I agree. And like when you talk about things that can be replicated, maybe we touched on it earlier, but Coelho with the goal, even without the goal, he got 10 points, which matched Beasler. And so that seems like obviously the 16 points isn't happening every week. But Coelho seems like a good option just in terms of defense. So that's one from week one that I would probably point chase a little bit. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I, I still can't get over this Chicago love that's that's taken off this year. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't subscribe to it. Um, th like we've said before, they were playing NYC's defense. Yeah, they are at home, but eventually some defensive structure is going to come play them in Chicago, and people are going to be like, why is everybody only getting three points? It's because it's Chicago. Did you see how happy Mike McGee was in L.A. last night? Just that wonderful smile he had that he wasn't in Chicago anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, he had to feel good for him. Yeah, I mean, he was just like just spinning around and so so happy for himself, so <laughs> – this is MLS uh, on ice. <laughs> it may as well have been. I, I tell you what, I look at Chicago and I'm thinking, if they if they can put up, you know, three four weeks worth of numbers, I'll say I was wrong. But I still think Chicago is Chicago. 
Fair enough. Uh, you know, I'm going to throw out there that uh, Bruin and Fergundes are probably fool's gold. If you're going to start chasing after that, I just don't think they're going to have some consistency. Uh, in general, I would also say don't chase after defenders. Um, like individual defenders, maybe pick a, a cheap guy from a team, but we don't have enough information to show us that yet. But uh, Quillhole is uh, maybe one that I would consider. 7.2 is pretty reasonable for a center back if you're going to have one pricier guy and a couple of budget ones. So he's one to keep an eye on. Someone else that I'm going to throw out there, I guess falls in between the fool's gold or the, the chasing the big numbers is Blake from Philadelphia. He did really well. All things considered I uh, came away with five points with that. Uh, and he's only 5.0. So that might be a guy to add to your watch list as far as that goes. Then the last question uh, shamelessly comes from older goaler. And I say this because this was a question that he made an individual Reddit post about and then linked his own post back into the questions forum thread. Uh, and he says, what's your, in quotes, competitive advantage? What do you bring to the game that makes you a super special, unique fantasy snowflake? So I kind of feel like he's calling out our... Uh, our resumes here for what what makes us experts so, around the show. This is a this is a serious question, right? I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I think he means it as as funny. He just wants to know um, what what do we feel that we bring to the table as far as fans? Because I mean, if you want to, I can go back through and read some of the other answers that that people have given. If you if you want to oh, want to hear, but I, uh, I have an answer for this one. Okay, it's good. Okay, so I'll take a serious answer. I think I'm really good with knowledge of tactics and teams in MLS. And I think that that's something that in fantasy sports in general, people don't appreciate enough in terms of soccer, especially is not that hard of a sport to predict generalized outcomes. Um, I know MLS has more parity than most leagues, but you can still tell like what's going to be a tactical difficulty and over the course of the season, if you get familiar with all the teams and you have a good tactical knowledge of the sport, you're going to be able to tell where the points will come from. And I think that's really helped me because I always actually do pretty poorly towards the start of the year. Um, not like horribly, but until I can get a feel for all the teams and look at, okay, this is how their offense is structured. You know, this player does X, Y, Z for them they're going to cut in from this wing or whatever, and this could be a good matchup. I don't really do very well until I get that knowledge. And then I've every single season, I guess it's been three now that I've played, I've just consistently done really, really well for the last half of the season once I get that nailed down. and You so, were like the comeback king last year. Yeah. Comeback. I mean, I I don't think I've had very many, like ever had a bad week in the last half of a fantasy season, which is just maybe lucky more than anything. But I think that tactics knowledge is maybe a little bit undervalued. So that's my strong point. And just so you guys know, lots of other people answer this question on, on Reddit and they'll say things like uh, they're just obsessed with with stats or they're a college student who likes to just spend some time and procrastinate with, with fantasy. Uh, Corolla talked about how he was a university soccer coach and he has an eye for stats and he's an economist. So some serious, some fun I, I'm just kidding, older goaler, when I talk about him calling us out, but it is a it is a fun question. Yeah, no, I think my competitive advantage is I just I don't play the typical game. Like I'm seriously considering wildcarding week two. And that's I'm I'm a renegade and I like to play very aggressive, so I I, I like to break the mold. I guess my advantage, if anything, I don't, I don't never thought of myself as a especially unique fantasy snowflake before. Uh, <laughs> start thinking that. Um, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm in New Orleans, so I'm not as I don't ha I don't spend a whole lot of time going to matches. So I lot watch a lot of the matches, and I think being able just to see a whole lot of the teams, even though I miss out on the live experience, uh, helps me in fantasy because I've seen what the players play. I've seen that they produce chances or not produce chances. And so can look kind of past the stats, kind of like what Simon says, to understand who's generating chances, who's not. So I'm getting out a little bit ahead of when to dump, when not to dump. 
Very nice. Yeah, I, I relate to some of that being in Kentucky. I, I don't have a team that's super close, and so I, I feel like I'm much more of a league fan, and that opens me up to liking a lot more people, if that's if that's fair to say, and uh, watching a lot more games because I, I don't necessarily have that that one dire connection. I actually struggled with how to answer this question, which is why I did not respond uh, to, on Reddit when it was first posted. Um because I feel like I do like stats and, and I like to analyze some of these things, but I feel like a lot of people also bring that and more of them have the, the longer the season's gone on and the subreddits have, have been in existence. Uh, so I guess I'm going to say my competitive advantage or my, my, what makes me a special unique fantasy snowflake is uh, I'm a community builder. Is that fair to say? I think that's very fair to say, Reed. <laughs> well then that's then that's it that's Maybe. that's my advantage is i'm a community builder and i've enjoyed getting a lot of people together to talk about fantasy and providing outlets for people to share fantasy knowledge because on some level like i mentioned earlier um, i like some of that peanut gallery and i value people's interaction on twitter and at mls fantasy boss and reddit and here on the podcast and just hearing other ideas because things will come across that that frankly I don't always think about, and I think, huh, that's an idea. Let's let's see how that looks on my team. Let's see how that pans out with some of the stats or or the projections that I've been been looking at. So I I think there's a great value in that, and I hope I can provide that to people. So those are all of our picks and the questions. There were a lot of really good questions on Reddit this time, so I'm so sorry if I did not get to yours. Trying to keep this to around an hour. Uh, so please stop by. If anybody else has has feedback, drop it out on Reddit or, of course, in response to this podcast when it gets posted. Uh, but now we got some fun things that we want to go with. So first, of course, I have to talk about the r slash fantasy MLS Classic League. Uh, it's still open to join. Uh, should be open for another few days before I close it, um, just to make sure we keep up with those MLS rules of having uh, like 750 people, I believe, for the, for the special prize. But uh, the top scorer for this round goes to Jacob Yardrich, manager of Team Rolling Santas, with 119 points. So congrats, man. You had a, a great team. I was glad to see for a while. I, th I think the top team was uh, someone who had like two guys with zeros in his, in his starting lineup, so that was kind of disappointing to a lot of people I saw in chat talking about. But Jacob, you did really well, 119 points. I think that was the highest score overall. With, with MLS it should have been for round one. And I, you're going to be getting some, I think that $25 gift card from, from them this year. So good job. And then I think uh, this is what I've been most excited about all week to talk about the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head -head league. Uh, so this is what we did last season, but only had, what, five people? in it and, and some some people were inactive so it, it was kind of a joke but this year in our invite only hosts league we have 12 people and uh, we all played and it's it was pretty awesome i have to say uh the guys that we have in here we have fantasy football 24 7 who just racked up the points last year in uh overall i think did they get in the top five at least in the top 10 is that right guy but top five yeah, maybe yeah, yeah i think yeah. top five so they came away there older goaler is of course there uh, I, I'm in there. We have Ivan the Terrible, who's our representative from Fantasy Football First, which got some really great feedback from Reddit as, as a really good source for MLS info. Uh, Corolla's in here. Guy Ben Bear from MLS is in our league with us. Then we have Travis and Simon, Jason, and then uh, Mike is in our league this year. And finally, rounding out 12, I got a buddy from work. My buddy Steve from work is in this league with us, and I brought him in because I know a lot of people – always talk about how can I get my friends interested in, in soccer? What, what can I do with fantasy? And to be fair, Steve is already a fan of soccer, but much more on the EPL and the national team side. So MLS is still something I've been trying to get him to warm up to. And I'm trying to use this league in particular as a way to do that. And I'm hoping that him getting shamed by people like Guy um, <laughs> will maybe help him focus a little more on it. Uh, but I guess we'll just point out how we did so far. Uh, Simon lost just barely to Corolla, eighty-two to eighty-six. That that was a pretty heartbreaker. Man, two Seattle guys going head to head. I got to give props to Corolla because he had Coelho in his team, and so that Coelho goal against Seattle won it for him. See what your decisions do to our team, buddy. Come on. 
and uh, I played Mike this round, so um, I did pretty well. This one, Mike. Mike had a rough round, so. so. <laughs> we played. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a Chicago year, uh, for this round, so they're gonna come back. Travis uh, lost to fantasy football twenty four seven by a good 20 some points there. So Travis is, is going to come back now. Travis like guy likes to wild card early. So I expect some good things from Travis. Uh, Ivan, the terrible beat up on Jason as, as well. His Royal army got, got beaten up on. So I, I don't know his, his little RSL love may come back to bite him this year. Uh, guy, you're, you did stomp my buddy, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah, I would have gotten, gotten stomped, stomped by anybody, by anybody else. else. <laughs> That's not, not too bad. Yeah, you beat him by about 20 points. Then uh, Ben Bear, even breaking the centennial mark with 100 points, uh, could not beat older goaler who earned 102. So we had three people in the league for round one that, that earned 100 points or more. So those were some pretty fantastic scores. And I think this is going to be a pretty competitive league this year, unlike what it was last season. And I'll tell you right now, I expect some trash talk, guys. Man, I won I last year. That was competitive. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, saying any league with you in it is not competitive by default if you win. <laughs> Which is like a next level meta burn. So I would I would take that. I don't know, man. Reed and everyone else lost, so I'm just saying. I feel like Simon just dropped the trash on the entire league last year. Oh, oh, that was competitive. <laughs> I, I was 5,000th about round 20 and came back and won. Come on, man. That's how it rolls. Um, but so, yes, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy hearing about that uh, throughout the season as we as we get that. And get we're going to get some of these guys on the show, too, to talk. So we hope that will be even more fun for the banter. Are there any other leagues you guys want to point out? Not really. I, I think I just kind of missed the league train this year. I Nothing at work? We are doing draft for our league this year. Let's do that. Guys, talk about how your draft leagues went for those players who may have joined or might have some interest in that. Well, we're drafting tonight because when we tried to draft last week, the site crashed. So <laughs> it wasn't a great start for the draft league. But um, at least now we know week one who we're kind of targeting as, as some sleeper picks. So. That is fun. So, yeah, do you guys have any other announcements or plugs you'd like to make before we close out? I'd like to plug my cat name league. I have a league for teams with cat names, um, but I think it's only me and some guy named Dave whose team is Cat's Crew Army. And I think we're the only Dave two. Dave does not sound a very cat-like name. I think we're the only two people in the league this year, so we're going to have a lot of head-to-head matchups. You better plug that then. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. I lost week one, um, I think. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that I'm still... Writing articles over at uh, Fantasy Football 24-7, and I'm writing at FPL Bet. And since my podcast was really long to say, I've created my own site again. It's called SportingSanchez.com. That's where my daily articles and my individual podcast is at. And when I named SportingSanchez.com, I may have been under the influence, and I thought Sporting Wood was funny for some reason, so I said, I'll just call it Sporting Sanchez. So... I have to forever now say SportingSanchez.com. So there you go. <laughs> it was really funny at the time. Like I remember like laughing to myself, like this is so hilarious. And then the next morning I was like, I paid for two years of, all right. <laughs> well, it is what it is. <laughs> well, I, I'm, uh, I'm writing a weekly column. Um, I'm gearing it mostly to, to beginners, uh, to fantasy, but at Hudson River Blue.com. Um, I'll probably be writing about wild cards and when to use them this week. That whole bunch of questions. Should I lose my wild card this week? So that'll, yes. that'll probably be what's coming this week. <laughs> if your name the is the answer God, to that question yes. is yes. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is no. <laughs> yeah, so 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 is my answer, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> well here's here's my here's my theory on that though. Is nothing drives me crazier then seeing somebody like week 18 down 500 points in the rankings, they're like, yeah, I'm saving this wild card. What are you saving it for? Like as soon as you go past like 100, 200 points down, no amount of wild carding is going to get you any team that's going to be that much better than anybody else is going forward. So 
I feel like right now, if I don't get this week and I'm in like 20 points of the lead, then it, you may as well wild card and start getting some ground back. I, people save these wild cards at the point where they're like, you're in like 10,000th place, dude. What are you doing? I don't know. I, I, I figure be aggressive. Try try for try for glory. That's what I say. Aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I work in a high school. I hear that cheer quite a lot. <laughs> uh, well, of course, for me, I'll go ahead and say, please check by MLS Fantasy Boss for all the articles that we have coming out this week. We have a couple new writers that joined the team, and so there's lots of good stuff coming. Of course, Jason's going to have his punts articles out there. I'm going to have my charts posted later tonight. If you want to see those, I will have an article coming up with my picks at MLS, as well as Travis will have some articles posted there as well with uh, the experts columns that we run so and please also just stop by r slash fantasy mlet and check out all of the tips that come there in the conversation which is great at reddit and also in live chat and mls fantasy boss so unless you guys have anything else that'll do it no. that'll do it all right thank you so much for listening and good luck in round two